Kirsten. We've served in church leadership for over two decades. And most of that, we've been on staff together. We're here to talk about our faith, family, and ministry. Welcome to Under the Hood. So Kirsten, did your family celebrate Halloween or what did you, what was your guys' tradition around this time of year? We, uh, we did, I guess we went trick or treating in our neighborhood. I remember dressing up as a kid and going out and getting candy. Um, just, you know, fun costumes, silly costumes and stuff like that. And we loved trick or treating with my dad cause he was like. He'd take us three did, miles. Did your dad have a parent tax? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chocolate. All right. What was the going right at your house? Well, he got first dibs, so we had to dump out our bucket. My sister and I had a tradition, which I've passed on to my kids, but we would dump out our buckets and we would lay out all of it and sort it. And then my dad would get first dibs and he would take, you know, a couple. He wasn't it's called it's, it's commonly known as the dad tax. Yeah. I mean, if the dad's going to take you trick-or-treating, he yeah. gets he gets a portion of the goods. But my mom would stay and pass out candy. Or actually, uh, my dad worked for Pepsi-Cola my whole life. And they gave out their employees cases of a new product that was coming out at that time that I can remember this. It was Slice. Do you remember Slice? Oh, I thought you were going to say Pepsi Clear. No, Remember when Pepsi no, Clear came yeah. out? It was like this... A bomb. Like, I think it was a bomb. <laughs> well, there is a reason why there's no more Pepsi Clear anymore. Slice, we loved Slice, and they came out with Apple Slice, okay? Well, they gave all these cases of pop and asked their employees to hand it out for to the trunk-or-treaters, and we did. So we were known as the Pop House. So people were like, oh, man, this house is awesome. They give out pop. That's right. You guys gave out full cans of pop. Full cans of pop. And believe me, when a little kid is holding their bucket, their little their little orange bucket, and then you throw in a can of slice in it or of whatever drink, and it's like clunk, and then they can barely hang on to it. It was fun. But. I think I remember, um, maybe you told me this. This might have been from your childhood that you told me. Didn't you also give away, didn't your parents give away full candy bars? No, but there was a house in our neighborhood that did, and we all knew which okay, house that I'm, was. Okay, that's what I remember. You said growing up that there oh, was yeah. a house that always gave full candy bars, and we're used to and, getting the little, the little snack size, oh, but yeah. somebody no. giving away cans of pop and full candy bars? And there was a dentist who gave out toothbrushes and toothpaste. Please don't make me go to that doorbell. Hey, I saw this meme the other day. It was hilarious. We should. I think we'll post it on the show notes, but um, it says that all it was was a was a, a hand mm-hmm. and you know those disposable communion sets that a lot of churches use we use them it says when you show up at the pastor's door for trick-or-treat <laughs> on That's halloween so right. he gives you a little communion oh let's have communion together no we dressed up in some funny but i i will say the funniest costume that i can remember that i dressed up as was a birthday table a birthday table you dressed up as a table weird now that I like turn around and think about it but there was like this box that sat over my head on my shoulders and my parents put like eye holes in it and then there was this board over it that my mom put like a tablecloth on and glued 
birthday plates, cups, napkins, forks, and then <laughs> presents in the middle, which was my head. And I couldn't see anything. And I this read, obviously was a homemade costume. Of course, that was like my. We did not spend money on costumes. We that is something that this culture does way too much spending money on costumes. We didn't spend money on costumes. My brother went as a Rubik's Cube, which was a box spray painted with the different color squares. Like, we didn't spend money. I went as Pippi Longstocking one time, a dress and knee highs, like, and then put some wire in your hair. I mean, we just, and people now, they'll spend so much money. And we- Oh, it's big business. Halloween's big business. We did not, I mean, I know for our boys, we didn't really get into the spending a ton of money on costumes. I think Halloween is just second behind Christmas. I believe that's what I've been reading earlier. Yeah. That- Wait, before we go there, what about you? Did you celebrate- Halloween Halloween was a very complicated day growing (laughs) up. So I grew up in a pastor's home. Right. And so there was always this, um, and I'm sure many of you listening to this understand this because you grew up the same way. You know, growing up in the 80s and early 90s, Halloween was a very uh, complicated holiday. And, you know, I think. If you can call it a holiday. Well, yeah, it's not really even a holiday. People will call it a holiday. I'm like, is it it a holiday? Because we don't get off school. The banks aren't closed. Well, I just remember there was always some, some, um, some tension, not bad, but just a little tension with it. Like, should Mm -hmm. we like this or should we not like this as Christians? It can be controversial. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think, oh, I think the, well, you know, I'm not a historian on Halloween. I know some of the history there. I'm, I'm probably not enough to really talk about it a ton, but. You know, um, I think back like in the 70s, Jerry Faldwell really came out hard on on Halloween and that day and Christians didn't celebrate it. You know, it was about 50 years ago and there's this whole movement like, no, this shouldn't be anything that Christians should be involved with. Nobody quote me on that. That's just, I'm going back, I'm trying to remember things I've read. And, you know, he was a real mover and shaker of saying, don't flirt with the world. And he saw that as a, you know, which, you know, I'm a firm believer too. We shouldn't flirt with worldliness or anything like that as Christians. But growing up in a preacher's home, Um, we, I do not remember trick or treating all that much. (laughs) No, but you did do some. Well, the the very few times that I did go trick or treating, (laughs) um, my, my father, like my brother and I would go, dad, we want to go trick or treating. Let us go trick or treat with our friends. Everybody's going trick or treating. We're going to be left out. We're not going to have any candy. We want candy. You know, a lot of that fell on deaf ears, by the way. But anyway, um, he let us go one time. The first time I remember. Just one time? Well, I remember a couple times doing it, but the one time that I remember the most, um, he made my brother and I, this is so silly. Um, so my dad did not like the concept of trick or treat. And and he would he told us, he goes, yeah. I do not like this concept that you either give me a treat or I, or I will trick you. Yeah. You know, this idea that that um, you give me something or else. He hated that concept. We need to look up the history of why someone would say trick or treat. Well, it like, goes it goes back to way, way back when it when some of Halloween was associated with the the um, honoring of the dead, and it was like do something or the dead would trick you or something. I you know, again, I I should, probably should have up more on this. So what did you have to say? I had to go to the door, ring the doorbell, and when they opened it, my brother and I had to stand there in our costumes and we had to say, I, I kid you not, this is the exact thing. This was how we got permission to go around and, and trick-or-treating. Um, they would open the door and my brother and I would say, treat but no trick. <laughs> 
we, and they we, all would be like, uh, <laughs> they would what? look at us funny, like, excuse me, treat but no trick. <laughs> and they would say, we will not trick you if you don't treat us. <laughs> That was the common ground that they we found. Like, oh, these poor that children. is how we made peace with this day. And so to this day, my brother and I would knock, 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 treat me no trick. And, oh and most people are like, word. oh, well, isn't that cute? And they would give us candy. And I think we made out just as good as if we said trick or treat. And even if people even cared what we said, I don't know. I was going to say these days, I don't even think kids say anything. They just walk up and hold their bag open and be like. Yeah. You but, know. you know, I think, um, you know, I don't know. Again, I'm trying to remember way back. But I also have memories of like, ah, turn out the lights, don't answer the door. So when kids would come and, yeah. and knock on the door or, or ring the doorbell, we just actually, we weren't home sometimes. Or we were out doing something else. I, you know, I also remember doing a lot of church stuff too. We would have harvest parties and yeah. we would do Halloween alternatives. That was a mm-hmm. big deal um, when I was like growing up. It's like the Christian alternative to Halloween, you know. We um have... um. Our son was born on Halloween. Yes, I remember and the night really so well. So we just, it was very secondary, you know, as we raised our boys because we were usually doing birthday cake, birthday dinner, um, opening gifts. Neil, Neil would grow up saying, the entire country <laughs> celebrates my birthday. They all they get all together, they the all dress up for my birthday, and there's candy to go around. So Neil always kind of enjoyed it. You know what I remember? I know you remember this, but um, our first son, Neil, he was born on Halloween. He came a week early, so mm-hmm. we weren't expecting it. And it was a Saturday night that year he was born. And I was, I remember... Um, he was born in the morning. Yeah, so that evening, no, no, night I'm well, like, Saturday what? night is when your labor started. Oh, okay, okay. And so we went to the hospitals. It was a um, a week early, and they yeah. sure enough, you are in labor. And so back then, daylight savings time was on Halloween night. Oh, remember? Good and so, <laughs> no, it was I like remember. yeah, that night. So I remember. Um, it had been a long night. You were you were laboring. Your labor was increasing, and I remember. Um, um, that was also a bad night. She found out you weren't going to be allowed to have an epidural. That's a whole nother story. I was like, are we getting into my no, birthing no, story? No, right no, no, no. That's a whole like, nother story. Whoa, I thought we're talking so, about Halloween. But what I remember <laughs> is you were laboring pretty hard and you didn't have an epidural and you were coming to terms with you're going to have this baby naturally. And we, that was not our plan, plan going into it. But what I remember is our nurse came in. It was a nurse. It was. And she was way that's too right. happy. It, it was, um, it had just. For that late of a night yeah, or it early, was, it early was about morning. three o'clock in the morning. And, and she like bounced. Yeah, she was dressed up as like um, some kind of like Barbie doll or something. She was in a, co- she was on a costume. See, I don't remember that. Well, she came in and she was real bubbly and it was three o'clock in the morning. And I, and I just said to you, and I don't know if you remember that said, honey, it's three o'clock in the morning. The sun will be up in a couple hours. We are almost there. And the day is gonna, it's, it, we're gonna have a baby. And I'm trying to encourage you because you're in a lot of pain. And she comes bouncing into the room and she takes the clock off the wall and she goes, it's daylight savings time. And she took it from three o'clock to back to two o'clock. I totally and I remember, remember this it. feeling of. It's almost oh. like she added an hour to my labor. Yes. And it was like, I oh, was mad and at her. It, it felt like we went from. <laughs> I felt like, I felt like at the time was like, it's almost morning to. It's the dead of night. 2 a.m. feels like <sighs> late, late, late night. And 3 a.m., I guess, feels like almost morning. But then you had Neil about 8 o'clock in the morning. And yeah. we forgot about all of our troubles. I know. But it did seem like it added an hour yes. of labor, which, of course, it didn't. But I was like, why? 
So here at New Life, we do um, um, a thing on Halloween. We've done it for several years, and it's actually one of the best outreaches that we do. And I understand there's a lot of um, there's a lot of conversation about. Christian's involvement with Halloween mm-hmm. and and some of those things. And that's, a, that's actually a conversation. You just got to wrestle down in between you and the Lord and your mm-hmm. family and you follow your heart on that. Um, for here in Bella Vista, there are no sidewalks in Bella Vista. Nope. But there are a billion kids in Bella Vista. So mm-hmm. every year there's a billion. This, Can we fact check you on okay, that? Okay. There's not a billion kids, <laughs> but there, sometimes it feels that way. There's yeah. a lot of kids, tons of young families. Right. And um, there is nowhere for them to go around and trick or treat. It's it's pretty much an accepted fact. So what an incredible opportunity. This is how we see it. Um, well, why don't we just open up our church? Mm-hmm. And so every Halloween we do, well, it started as a trunk or treat where, and then it, it and, still is a trunk or treat. technically, but there's no trunks at all. And no, this event has way outgrown our parking lot. Yeah. And so a few years back, we decided let people park. And this is an event that we have to shuttle people in from offsite mm-hmm. parking. We're expecting over 2000 people here tonight yeah. uh, for Halloween, but they'll come in and, and we thought what a great opportunity to to people are already out looking for things to do. They want to do it in a safe environment, which is something the church can provide. And we invite people to come into our building and they walk. We, we do like a path all the way through our building, upstairs, downstairs. We walk them through our auditorium and down through our children's area. And they are getting food the whole way, lots of candy. And our, and our church family, they dress up in really festive costumes and a lot of biblical characters. There'll be a lot of biblical booths tonight. Um, uh, uh, you know, we are in a series of Exodus right now. So mm-hmm. I imagine we might see some Moseses tonight, oh <laughs> Moses and Aaron. We might see some, who knows? Well, the last one we were in origins, which was Genesis. Yeah. And we saw Abraham, yeah, Isaac, Jacob, true. Noah. We saw all these characters. So it's a fun festive time. And our people, um, they're celebratory. They're handing out candy. It's a safe environment. It's, it takes the weather element out of it. It's a, you know, temperature yeah. controlled. And then they come out, we give them hot dog or we give them hot dogs and nachos and, they just have a wonderful time. And but our main reason for doing that is because if you can get two to three thousand people from your community willing to come to your church mm-hmm. and spend time with you, mm-hmm. what a great opportunity to introduce them to your church. Yeah. What a wasted opportunity if we don't do something and in we've that had regard. Quite a few people, families that have we started have, coming we to have our somebody church because on our, of this event. Yeah, we have somebody on our staff. That's that true. was first introduced to our church. A, st- our st- a staff member today that's first introduced to our church because of a trunk or treat. We always see people come the very next weekend. They've got questions. We've been able to have conversations about the Lord and about walking with, with Jesus through all of these trunk or treat events. We, we always reach somebody. And so, you know, when I think about Halloween, nothing about the things that Christians are concerned about, you know, the death, the demons, the witches, and I hate that stuff anyway. Right. None of that is represented um, in anything that we're doing. And, you know, it kind of got me thinking about this day, you know, and I understand there's a lot of different feelings. I'm Everybody needs to follow their own heart on that. But, you know, I think about um, Psalm 24, Psalm 24, verse one, it says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell in it. Anyway, saying everything's like, mm-hmm. this is not the devil's day. Every day is the Lord's day. Every, Every day belongs yeah. to him. I'm not giving up any ground to the devil. We're I'm not, not letting him. him have, it's not the devil's night right. in my mind. No, no night is your night. And I'm thinking, you know, yeah. It, so it, it falls on October 31st. It doesn't mean that it is a, you know, that we are celebrating anything pagan. We are actually just seeing a day on the calendar that is, um, that is very much a day that we're going to use because we know our community, 
to try to reach people for Jesus. And I, I don't know. I, I think I think personally, it is a uh, it's a really awesome thing. And if we can lead people to Jesus from it, then praise God. You covered a lot more plagues this week in your message. I did. Yeah. Because I didn't want to spend and... I didn't want to spend nine weeks talking about the plagues. I saw people in, <laughs> like shaking. My favorite was when you mentioned that frogs might be under the sheets. <laughs> yeah. Gnats and oh yeah. Kind of gross. I mean, let's be honest. All of these were terrible. Oh, for sure. The you know? boils. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out when I'm looking at this list, water to blood, frogs, gnats, flies, livestock, boils, hail, darkness, locusts, which one would be the worst? Well, and that's what I asked last week. I was like, between, um, what were the two last week? <laughs> you don't remember oh, everything? I know. Oh. No, I actually have a, a better answer for you this week than oh. I did last week. Oh, it was between blood and frogs. Well, yeah, you had asked last week, you had said, what did the people drink? Remember yeah, we had that conversation last week? For sure. Well, you know, I just did more study. I did more digging. And I just kept rereading the text as I got ready for this sermon and do more study. And then it just hit me. Something just dawned on me. I don't know if I'm right or wrong on this. Like I said, it'd be really nice if the Bible just said, and it was bloody water for 10 days or three days or whatever. But when it says at the very end of chapter seven, um, that, uh, that this plague was there for seven days and then the frogs came. So that's the only timeline detail we have. And I'm just wondering where did all, you know, what did people drink? Where did the blood? So here's, it just hit me as I was reading it. Mm -hmm. When you get into the second plague, um, Aaron stretched out his staff and the Bible says over the waters of Egypt. And it kind of made me think that maybe just maybe by the time the frogs came seven days, maybe the blood plague was a seven day plague. I don't know for sure, folks. I'm just, don't quote me on this. But seven days of water is a long But time. I'm, I'm wondering if he struck, God struck the water of the Nile and all the, you know, all the waters land. And you know, the, the Nile river, and I, folks, again, I could be wrong about this, but you know, the river, the Nile river flows and maybe it all turned it to blood out, at once. Yeah. And maybe over seven days it flowed out and it was, back to the water source. And then when the frogs came, and hear me out on this, when the frogs came, I just thought of something else Aaron, when you're talking about flow. Aaron stretched, <laughs> oh my gosh. Scratch scratch that. Talk about I was like you walked into it. I didn't I didn't walk into nothing. I got ambushed by something. So anyway, we're real people. We're real people here. <laughs> sheesh. So anyway, so I love the water, him off guard. The, the water drifted away, and um, <laughs> <laughs> you're choosing your words a little bit more carefully. And now. he stretched his staff over the waters, so it kind of gave gave me the impression that it had turned back to water. And then the frogs came up out of the water. It didn't say they came up out of the blood. It didn't right. come out. And I don't know if a frog would. I don't know if hundreds of thousands of frogs would hang out in the blood. You know, but if they were returned to water, just something made me think. Yeah. The other thing too is, in my mind, if it hadn't turned completely back to water, it 
I think it most certainly did by the fourth plague. Because I know, but that's still the, a long time to go without water. Well, agreed. But the fourth plague started the same way the first plague but did. But could you imagine like trying to drink some water and it's full of gnats and flies and It would be else? awful. It would be awful. Like, I mean, seriously. Can you imagine trying to eat your food and you've got bugs all around your head Have you the ever time? been to Alaska when it's like dark all the time? I have never been to Alaska, period. Well, we should go. You want to take a cruise? Let's let's book it. Well, well let's get online. Well, here, let's book here's, it. I think they they have it certain times of the year is when it's dark. And I have I, heard I the bugs in Alaska can be really nasty. I'm not really talking about the bugs. I'm going now. I'm going to go to the plague of that darkness. Oh, I know so you're you skipping said, around. Yeah, I am skipping. You around. went from plague one to plague eight, uh, <laughs> like, plague nine, right like that. Boom. Well, that's how I would preach if I was the preacher. Too. Here's a sermon. If Kirsten was preaching, she would say, welcome, everybody. Please open. What well, You know what? You can read it on your own. Let's just pray and go home. But hey, tell the story. Tell the story that you went to uh, to the Catholic mass one yeah, time. I did. And tell that story. So, um, I, I'd never <laughs> been before. And the priest gets up and he goes, look, I just didn't have time to write the what, what we would call like the sermon or the message. I didn't have time this week to do that. So we, we're not going to have one. And everyone in the congregation was like, yes. They all cheered. <laughs> I was like looking around. I'm like, are you kidding? I grew up in a similar church to like New Life. Um, the elders would fire you if you did not do your job. <laughs> like, I'm well, like, who doesn't? So the priest, the priest shows up and he says to the whole church, I didn't have time to get this sermon or homily yeah. done. And so, so you're dismissed. Well, I mean, we went, they, it's a little bit more, there's still more stuff to the rest of the service. Um, <laughs> but everybody cheered. Yeah. Oh yeah. They were all like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> there was like this yes across the whole, I was so puzzled by the whole thing because it was so odd to me, but <laughs> maybe that's normal. I don't know. I'd never been to a church before that you you didn't go to hear. A, I am pretty confident sermon. that if I stood up on a Saturday night or Sunday morning and just said, folks, you know what? I didn't have time to do my job this week. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to let you go. There might be one cheer out there, but I, I guarantee you I'd be getting a phone call from the chairman of our elders saying, yeah, Joe, we're going to need to, we're going to need to have a conversation here tonight. And can you but meet us at the church? If I were, if I were to preach, I, I think I'd give it a little bit more effort, but I probably would jump around from, from plague one to nine and then back to four and then three and then eight. And that's just like, look, this, this looks fun over here to talk about for a second. Oh, wait, let's go back over so, here. So here's typical, like when Kirsten would say to me, like, you know, you spend a little, in my opinion, you know, last week I told you, I do ask Kirsten a lot, like, what do you think? I value her opinion greatly. And well, sometimes she'll say, sometimes she'll say, well, you really should have said that quicker. You spent way too much time on that. And I'll say, well, then how would you have shortened it? <laughs> and she'll say, I don't know. It's your job. And so, <laughs> well, you have an opinion. Well, but, but a sermon by Kirsten would be welcome, everybody. They say that Open your Bibles. You kind of get it, don't you? You can read. Let's they, go home. <laughs> they say that women have more words to say in a day, but I promise you, you have way more words in a day that need to be said than I do. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> I, we need to we need to tally it. We need I, to I bet you. And it, well, see, here's the thing. I don't sit on my phone and talk. 
And I don't I sit don't. around texts and stuff, but you you do those things more than I do. And well, so I'm making our children's well, doctors my, and dentists. No, no, no. My point, my point is t- in today's culture, it's not just words that come out of your mouth anymore that need to be counted. It's words you type. Mm-hmm. It's words that you, you know, it's all kinds of things. It's, it's I, I guarantee you that you do more words than me today. I'm I'm the one who's like talky talky too much talky, <laughs> and then here we are. Well, I will say this: your brain um, has more bandwidth than mine. Mm-hmm. I I would admit that. Um, I'll accept that. No, no, I'm serious. Your if 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 our brains were computer processors, I promise you, you're you're you've got a fast you've got a faster you've got a faster processor than I do. <laughs> And your computer can have more windows open than mine at any one time. Um, well, uh, speaking of how many windows I have open, how many windows do you, you have? You know what? I'm amazed. Yours? I'm amazed. If you know, if you ever did preach a I sermon, have 239 tabs open on my phone. Right oh my now. goodness! I bet you I have one. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I, I do on a, and I probably have more than that. That's just, you know, you can like filter them and create, um, you know what, folders. if your sermons, if you ever preached a sermon, if your sermons were like conversations, I think your sermons would be all over the place. And I don't mean that negative. No, they what I mean would. is you would go from this point to that point to, and back to this point and you'd expect people to pick up right where you left off. <laughs> I know. Kirsten so will come up and ask me a question and she'll come up just She'll come up and say something to me mid-sentence, and she'll just start talking about like, what are you talking about? And you're like, you cannot follow a conversation. <laughs> follow a conversation? So you just came up and said, I don't even know what you're talking about. And you'll say, don't you remember earlier today I said Which such and such? like five minutes and I'm like, ago. You're picking up from something that happened an hour ago to a, listen, it might as well be a different month from that point for me because I have moved on. What's funny is that you can weave in and out of conversation and come back and forth and I am lost half the time. And you look at me like, you cannot follow this conversation. John, like, our, our worship pastor, Jonathan, um, he said, I do the same thing. And he's like, you kind of already have thought 20 minutes into a conversation. And that's <laughs> when you start it. And he's like, I need the previous 20 minutes that happens. And I but go, don't you think oh. that's kind of now, would you say that that might just be a female versus a male thing? I don't know if that's true. I don't. I don't know. I, maybe it's my brain. Everybody's brain works differently. So, but all I, I was my, trying to talk about was darkness plague, and here <laughs> we are. I think my brain <laughs> thinks in short burst, and yours is one long burst. And like I like move from this, and then I move on to the next thing, and I put that first thing away. And then I move on to the next thought or the next project, and I put the previous one away. It's because you, you've got like 12, 12 projects going at there's once. There's a book called Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti. And that is the perfect description of how a woman's brain and activities are versus a man's, because like a waffle is got compartments. Mm-hmm. Bill and Pam Farrell. Oh, is that the, na- the uh-huh. authors? Yeah. I actually own the book and. Have I read it? I don't know if I have. But the title's pretty good. The titles it's it describes, I think, men and women how they approach like a conversation and how they think. So we're things. living this in real time. You went from plague <laughs> one to plague nine, and then you started talking about Alaska. Yeah, because and then it's the, like, well, where are we? No, I was just thinking. <laughs> See, her brain is like... Okay, let me help you. You know how Alaska has extended 
days of daylight, like it, darkness doesn't fall on it. And then other seasons, it's dark all well, the time. Well, there's lo- there's days without any light at all. Yeah, that, and so that's yeah. I was just that's when you were preaching that um, this weekend. That's what I was thinking of. Is like I imagine it maybe being kind of like Alaska. That's the only thing that I can in this day and age like relate it to but i haven't been to alaska my my dad has <laughs> does that count for anything i'm just wondering if so let me get this straight <laughs> i was preaching about darkness and your brain went, went to, to alaska. alaska which yeah. you've never been before but I, your dad was there years ago <laughs> but that's that's where I, your brain went see what t- i mean friends I've, I've seen a tv show <laughs> from alaska so i'm now an expert because discovery channel has some shows about alaska <laughs> i don't know what are we talking about so now we're right back to where i'm saying what are we talking about like uh i'm lost Okay, let's but I promise that you are, you know, exactly where we're at in the conversation. I know exactly where we're Well, let's go back to like boils or what locusts, I, where this thing started, mats, where this started was, I think I figured out the water question. Yeah. Well, I was trying to move us along. Well, because, well then you said flow and well, then that messed the whole thing up. The whole th- none of this is what we plan to talk about, here, folks. This whole thing. Here's where I got grossed out. You mentioned gnats, and then you said there's a possibility that it was lice. And I thought, dude, that's gross. Because I I don't know if I've had lice before. Maybe when I was a kid, I don't know. But don't don't you like itch when you have lice and people who have lice are those what are those like? Well, from my study, yeah. Scat- from my study, from my study, um, on that third plague of the gnats, it the gnats is kind of like the most common agreement of what it was. But it could have been lice. It could have been a mosquito. It could have been some other kind of insect. Most likely gnats. Most likely. Well, cool. when you think about, they struck the ground and all the dust became gnats. It makes sense that it's gnats, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I'm comfortable with that. I have no problem with that. But what a nasty, awful plague. Just all of them. Like when you start thinking about it, and it's not just, oh, there's been a few gnats around or I've, I've noticed a, an uptick of locusts lately or anything like that. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was like this, like, I mean, the description is. You, know, you just you reminded me of. So we have a, a, a Google home thing at our house and, and I, every morning i'll say hey google what's the weather forecast today today in bella vista it will be and it just when you said today in bella vista there'll be an uptick <laughs> in locust activity today you'll notice a little bit of a shadowing going on because of the uptick in locust activity it reminds me of a story from my aunt and we went to visit her house and she was renting a farmhouse and she was telling us about how all the locusts went to the bathroom on her house and <laughs> It's like, that's such a weird thing, but maybe she, I don't know. That was just kind of what I was thinking of like what it would be like, but they're, they're in your house, they're everywhere. And they didn't have houses like we do now, like their tents or their huts or like whatever they lived in, it, they could get in anywhere. Huts, (laughs) tents. Do you know what you're talking about? Teepees, igloos. They don't live in houses like us. I said tents. <laughs> they lived in tents. You said they would go home and they would like try and bring their livestock into well, yeah, their... Yeah, they try to eventually try to prepare. Don't be ridiculing me for believe using it or not, the words that I use. Believe it or not, I'm loving this conversation. 
I don't know if we're accomplishing anything. I was say, I'm it's, cer- it's certainly not what we set out to talk about today, but hey, I love it. Um, oh, my word. Sh- let me try to bring us back to what we were talking about. These plagues were awful. And I wanted to do all nine plagues in one sermon because I didn't want to spend nine weeks preaching through all of them. Like what I told the church over the weekend is that it would be very easy to take one plague a week and really pick it apart and talk about it. But the more and more I thought about that, and the more as I study this out, well, people I, would be showing up for Christmas and be learning well, about it, the plague. Of I honestly locusts. felt, I honestly felt like if we spent a lot of time on these plagues, it would bog the series down. It'd be, it, it would start to feel like, you know, if you ever watch a movie, you're like, this thing is so slow, it's not moving. I think it would kind of start to feel like that. At the end of the day, all three of these, or all nine of these plagues, they accomplish the same thing. Judgment on the Egyptians for the mistreatment of the Israelites, mm-hmm. judgment on all the false gods of Egypt, and they show both the Egyptians and the Israelites that Jehovah is the one true God and there is no other. And so, you know, so I'm glad we were able to condense all these into one sermon. And I honestly believe that anybody can read those three chapters, you know, chapter eight, nine, and 10, and really get a feel for what this is all about. They all kind of have the same feel. You know, Moses says, let my people go. Pharaoh says, no. Moses says, if you don't, this plague's going to come. Pharaoh says, bring it. And then the plague comes. Everybody's distressed. Then Pharaoh tries to strike a deal with Moses. Moses prays to take the plague away. Pharaoh reneges on what he was going to say. And here we are back again to the next plague. And and I felt like we could we could bring that. So it was, right. it was a little bit longer. I'll admit that the sermon was a little bit long this weekend. But oh, hey. wanted to cover it all, cover We've everything. we somewhere. But uh, one thing that I always wonder, I wonder what the staff gets out of my sermons. You know, some of them are Bible college trained and others, you know, all of them spend time in the word. And you always wonder how does like the other pastors and stuff, um, how does it hit their ears? And, and so right after, right after church on Saturday night, I get a text message from one of the pastors here in the church. And um, now I admit we have great camaraderie here as a staff. I, they, a lot uh, of fun. A lot of fun and, and a lot of joking around. And, the, text, and so, the group text can get a little extreme occasionally. And so one of the pastors sent a group text. We have a group text that the entire staff is on. And uh, and the text said, Joe's spirit animal is a deer. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and I'm like, Joe's spirit animal is a deer. What, what are they talking about? And then a picture popped up on my text, which... I get. I don't know if this I was. I think they Snapchat was this you. A, they Snapchat filtered you on the screen. No, I don't. No, no, it's not a Snapchat oh, filter. Not? So I had a visual behind me that had an animal that represented all the different plagues and oh, the the, the 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 plague of the on the livestock. Well, there was a cow picture behind me. So there was nine <laughs> pictures behind me. No, there were ten pictures behind me. And so whoever took this picture. Had were just at the right angle oh, where my head was was right in front of the cow, <laughs> and I had the cow ears, and it just was one of I'm those. I'm just now looking at it. That's it's one hilarious. of those illusions where <laughs> this is the best thing I've seen all day. I just looked it up. Oh my word! We're gonna have to put this in the show notes because I I when I first saw it, I literally thought. It was like a Snapchat filter. Well, I got a great laugh at it, and 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 yes, they are poking fun at me, which I I know where their heart is at. It's I don't, don't you, mind at all. But but I have the cow ears. The cow's head is hidden because my head is in front of it, but the ears are sticking out. So I look like I have cow ears. And so they said, Joe's spirit animal. Joe's spirit animal is a deer. And then somebody posted Psalm forty two one, 
as the deer pants for streams of water. So my soul pants for you. And then it just digressed from there. So um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. So I always wonder how the staff hit, how it hear, how they hear my sermons. Well, and now they hear it four times. Now so I see at, by the time the third or fourth message comes around, this is when they start taking pictures of you with cow ears. <laughs> well, they don't all listen to it four times or I couldn't listen to myself four times in a row. But anyway, (laughs) I thought it was kind of funny, but you know, the main point, and as we wrap this up, the main point was, as I read through these nine plagues for me personally, there are two huge takeaways from these first nine plagues. And and the first takeaway is this live your life without any compromises. Mm -hmm. You know, Moses was not willing to compromise at all. And even though Pharaoh tried to get him to, he's like, no, 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 I'm all in for the, we're all in. It's everything or nothing. And that really spoke to my heart this week. Live my Christian life with no compromise. What does that look like to be all in? And then the other one was um, live your Christian life with no competition. If, if the plagues teach us anything, it's a warning. The Lord's not going to compete. The Lord doesn't have to complete compete. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord is the one true God. And, and we can have all kinds of weird beliefs. We can put our faith in a lot of things. There's a ton of competition in this world for our allegiance, for our attention, for everything else. But what I walked away from these plagues is the Lord will not compete with anything else. He doesn't have to compete. So what are the things in our lives that compete for our worship? What are, you know, I have some obvious ones, you know, um, climbing the ladder of your company, mm-hmm. making a lot of money. You could, your drive and your worship of that can compete with your allegiance to the Lord. Right. And the Lord's like, I'm not going to compete with that. You know, a relationship, a pursuit mm-hmm. of a relationship or this idea that I need this, mm-hmm. you know, it can compete. You know, I, we're in a political season right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, something that I fear Christians sometimes do is that they elevate a politician like it's their savior. Like mm-hmm. this one politician, gonna save it, it can save everything. And so all of their devotion and, and sadly to say, sometimes it feels like their worship mm-hmm. of this individual as if they themselves are a God. And I'm like, I don't think the Lord wants us to see anybody like that mm-hmm. except for Jesus. Right. What does it look like to live your Christian life with no competition? He is the Lord. There is no other. Those are my big takeaways from the first nine plagues. And now as we move into the 10th plague, well, that that one's going to take mm-hmm. some time. That 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 plague right there, not only is it a, a heavy plague, but boy, there's so many implications that we learn about with the life of Christ and what he did. And I can't wait to unpack it all, but I'll leave you with this word. Um, no compromises, no competition. And I think that's at the heart of the Christian life. That's all for today's show. We want to thank our amazing producer, Abby O'Brien. Be sure to check out our show notes and the links for things that we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for joining us on Under Under the the Hood. Hood, not a car show.